Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast, and vibes are at an all-time high because <laughs> the Cubs just swept the White Sox. And our CHGO Crosstown Classic coverage presented by Hooters. Hooters, your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to the plate for world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stacked sandwiches, salads, great drink specials, and more. At Hooters, it's always easy to pick a winner. 11 Chicagoland locations. Visit OriginalHooters.com for more information. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo. Cubs on a five-game winning streak, and we are on the road. On the road. On the road at the National Sports Collectors Convention inside the Ronald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont and we are five days five games away I should say from finding out what the Cubs are going to do at the trade deadline yeah now, last night was the big deal Ryan it was a I had it pegged as the worst loss of the season if you're <laughs> going to lose to a team that's 20 games under 500 with your ace on the mound and your season on the mound that was going to be the worst loss of the season but Cody was there with our diehards at our takeover, and he went from Captain Glum to walking around in his short shorts and just puffing his <laughs> chest out, walking around, and what a change of events. It was like, and I wrote about this today, but it was, or last night I wrote about it, and it was, I went into it thinking like, okay, you know, they beat the White Sox, it's still status quo, right? Like nothing yeah. really changes. They still have to go to St. Louis and, and take care of business, all that stuff. But then like coming out of it, it felt so much bigger than I thought it would be yeah. because like, you know, they, they've been facing the Nationals, the Cardinals and the White Sox, obviously, and three teams near the bottom of the division and in their respective divisions and not good. Doesn't, you know, beating them doesn't necessarily make you a good team. But here you have the Cubs at a time when they need to play well go down decently big to the White Sox and then immediately respond and show they have that fight in them. Like, yes, they still have to take care of business in St. Louis this weekend, but that felt, I don't know, that win just felt so much bigger than I thought it would, regardless of what happened going into that game. Coming out of it, I'm like, wow, that that felt pretty monumental as far as, like, showing this front office, like, hey, this team might actually... Like, you can actually maybe trust this team after the deadline if you let them stick together. Cody, what was it like as a fan? Because oh, we saw the man. pictures of you. It was a little bit of a roller coaster for you. Okay, first off, the one that Jake <laughs> took from the, like, very end of the row, like, how could – you couldn't take it even in any worse picture. I have it up right now. I have it up. <laughs> I, I mean, I this is – this picture – It's back on the internet again. It is – it's awful, all right? And not only – not and not because of, like, my, what my mood is. I just look like I am, like, 500 pounds in this picture. <laughs> but I'm also – I was mainly miserable, one, because we were getting our butts kicked, but also it was so – Hot. Yeah. Muggy. I was sweating actual bullets. Bullets, folks. Uh, yeah. But other than that, though, the, you know, the comeback, the greatest, or the, not the great, well, you can argue. The, but biggest, the, comeback the biggest comeback in Crosstown history yeah, for the Cubs. The biggest comeback in, in Crosstown history. I have the um, video of uh, Cody celebrating on Twitter, though, when the vibes were good. Oh, <laughs> see, that's what we yeah. like to yeah. see. Yeah. Yes. Those are good ones. This picture that, that uh, she had up, like, it, it's awful. I mean, it, it's, it's, it ranks among the top in terms of bad pictures of me. But, yeah, I mean. What's funny is after the White Sox took the 7-2 to lead, I'm sitting next to Herb from CHO yeah. White Sox, and he straight up told me, he's like, I'm betting the Cubs right now. Mm. And <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I don't have those cojones, but you know this team, so I, I wish I would have listened. But, um, yeah, the comeback, you know, Morrell getting the big hit with two outs after I think Swanson struck out the at bat before that and you kind of felt like ah oh, they're only getting only getting one run here isn't enough you're not really gaining enough momentum then morell is able to drive in those two to get it to i think it was seven five and then the walks um you know whether they left lancet lynn in too long or they left joe kelly in too long i don't know but um it was if i'm a Sox fan today i i am at the lowest point of this what yeah. was supposed to be yeah. winning window. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly was the end of their season. And then yeah. they traded away Gi- Giolito and uh, Ronaldo Lopez. I-, I heard a rumor that 
by the end of the game, Cody was walking out of uh, Kaminsky Field yelling, respect me, respect me. <laughs> no, Don't I let g- the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> Watching the like Cody's resurgence uh-huh. yesterday like, through Twitter, I like, you know, the Undertaker um, casket yeah. gift where he's like sits <laughs> yes. up, he's alive. You're like, that was Cody to me because seeing the, the first picture and he's just so down in the dumps and then he comes back alive. Um, that yeah, that was the Undertaker well, perfectly encapsulates that for me. The the video that um, Sarah mentioned, uh, that video, I'm that's after Bellinger hit the homer, and at this point it's ten to seven. But before that, I already felt I felt pretty good about the, not blowing the game. All right, uh, should I have felt good? I don't know. But all I the I was mainly really excited because. Bellinger's home run won me two parlays. Oh, so I, I was just like, oh man, now now I'm getting everything that I needed tonight. I, w- I was like, oh, we we look pretty good. Ausley's been pretty good lately. Like I'm I'm feeling good about the, them closing this out. Then Bellinger comes up, and he he earlier in the game there was two or there was at least one or two moments where he pulled a few balls down the right field line, but they went foul. Yeah, that time that homer he hit in that was the eighth or ninth inning. Mm-hmm. He finally straightened out a little bit, and that was like the nail in the coffin. Him and Ian Happ. Who won? Who you got? Because I wanted to take Bellinger, but did you have Bell- somebody I took him Bellinger. early on? I was like, oh yeah, That's I want. I want to do Bellinger two nights in a row. I ended up with Dansby, and I doomed him. The question mm-hmm. is, who has turned this Cubs possible season around? If they're not going, if they are not going to trade at the trade deadline away and sell off everybody, who has saved the season? Is it Cody by ditching the beer bat? Is it me for returning from? Is it me returning? Who you got? Hey, two and zero. Some people are saying I've the spark they've been looking for. Two and zero. Ever since I got hot, Cubs saved the season. Ever since I got hot and who you got, like the Cubs have also gotten hot. So that's wild. See, could it be any of us then? Yeah, yeah. Could be any of us. Whenever we make the playoffs, you can come back and acknowledge CHO Cubs. Who saved the season? CHO Cubs. You know, I also I'm thinking back to that five or six run fifth, um, the go ahead. Rally and well, I mean, because the first, the bottom of the first, Roman gives up two runs, and the Cubs immediately yeah. respond back with two runs. I'm like, okay, the White Sox aren't very good. Like, the, even when they go down seven two, I'm like, the Cubs are definitely. This game's not over. Um, and, I mean, to see them put up six in that one inning, I was like, okay, that was I wasn't expecting that, but it was also like they had twelve guys go to the plate. They had three hits that whole inning. <laughs> they had what two hit by pitches, three walks. Yeah, the walks were uh, great. A yeah. drop third strike that uh, that got a run in on a wild pitch. Like. Yep. They did. They didn't have an extra base hit. They did all that. They scored six runs and had three total hits. I'm like, one that kind of just tells you how bad the White Sox are, like that in a nutshell. But it was also like, all right, this team actually has fight in them. You know, guys like Mike Talkman having great at bats and that twice in that inning, right? Yeah. He had the the swinging uh, swinging, swinging bunt pretty much uh, <laughs> to start it off. He had the walk that tied the game up. Nico getting that bases loaded walk to. to go ahead and you know everyone pretty much contributing in that inning and i'm like you know yeah this team fights and that's so like cliche and like it, it gets very tiresome to hear it if it doesn't amount to anything um but like i said like that what it amounted to last night was like a pretty seemingly pretty monumental win whether that leads to them taking care of business in st louis like what remains to be seen but that just Again, that that win felt way bigger than it had any business feeling like it should. I'm not going to say either team is good. I mean, our Sox are clearly bad. I'm not going to say the Cubs are even better than average. But if you're a Cubs fan, speaking on my own behalf, I can say that was one of the more satisfying crosstown games ever. That's up there with the Aramis Ramirez walk-off, which will always be my all-time favorite because the front page of the Tribune the next day was the sea of blue standing up, Aramis going around first, and my buddy Chuck Carr finding the one red shirt in the stands just dejected with his press pass standing in the front row. It's like, it's the funniest picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so that's always going to be number one. But this was funny to see them blow that lead and then trade away one of their anchors of their pitching staff afterwards. Yeah, It was pretty funny. And I had multiple, not not one, I'm saying multiple, three diehard Sox fans that are friends of mine that I gave a little grief to, you know, because that's what you do. Sure. I, I, I shot a little shade their way, and all three sent back, oh, you can't send me shade because I already quit on this franchise midway through the season. People are jumping off the White Sox bandwagon saying they're never going back. That's how bad. 
this was this, this no matter how good or bad the cubs are that was satisfying this like early in the game last night you you heard a lot of let's go cubbies chance greg was, braggs huh greg braggs, uh, braggs was- <laughs> sources say greg braggs was starting them but uh, yes uh there was a lot of let's go cubs ch- chance i think after the white Sox took that seven to two lead i think we got one let's go white Sox chant but then when the cubs made that comeback there were a lot of let's go cubs chance the rest of the game and i think that's really telling and I think on on the on the the shuttle from uh, the takeover pregame bar, uh, you know, and even at the pregame bar, which by the way was a, it was a really fun time. There were actually there were Cubs fans who came to the the White Sox takeover technically, uh, so that was cool. I wasn't the only one in blue, uh, but a lot of it, it just feels like a lot of Sox fans are just more. They I think they hate the organization, ownership, front office more than they hate the Cubs right now, yeah. and like. Again, like I, I can't think of a, a lower point in the if for a Sox fan than like today or last night, whatever. Because you know, even whenever they decide to pick a direction, right? Like in 2016, mm-hmm. whenever they decide to do basically what the Cubs do and rebuild or whatever, it was like, oh, they chose a direction after all this mediocrity, and they, they you know, they start building a system and they start getting fans excited about the future. Well, now it's like you're supposed to be in your winning window, and you have, you're out of it in two years. Basically. The window's open, Cody. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and a lot of those moves at the time looked like highway robbery by Rick Hahn. Like, Rick Hahn yeah. was being lauded as the genius of baseball. Everybody wanted Rick Hahn because it was like, how did you get that for Adam Eaton? <laughs> right? Like, how, how did that just happen? Yeah. And and a lot of those players just have not worked out full-time for the White Sox. But I ask you then, are the Cubs – are you believing now? Are you reeled back in, Cody? Because I, I – Ryan, I told Cody this last night. My belief is – despite the fact that the Cubs have won seven of eight, and that's a little bit bigger lens that you're looking through, despite seven of eight and five in a row, I believe that if the Cubs are trying to decide what to do based on the next five games, they're out of their minds. Mm -hmm. I hope they've made up that path and that they already know what they're going to do no matter what happens the next five games. Because if you're looking at a five-game window in Major League Baseball, you might as well just throw some dice down the down the row and say oh here's what our future is let's go for this in the next five days is nothing i, I kind of disagree because just just the situation the cubs are at they've had to claw their way back in and you're looking at it but like you i, I looked at the numbers yesterday they're 24 and 15 since june 9th since the start of that giant series so and that's like tied for the fourth best winning percentage in baseball in that time so they have been obviously on an upward trajectory considering where they started at that point um but, but that's a bigger window than what but, I'm talking what about. I'm, I'm saying a, if it's just five games. But what I'm saying crazy. is they've had to claw their way back, and this obviously seven of eight, these last, yeah, this okay. seven wins in the last eight stretch has helped them get to this point, but they have to kind of finish it, right? Like if they lose four to the Cardinals and they right. drop back to eight, possibly nine games back or something like that, then you're like, okay, like. Uh, what if they go two and three? I mean, two, I think it change your whole direction. I think it partially depends where they're at in the standings. Like if the Brewers somehow go out and sweep the Braves, and the Cubs can't get their business done in St. Louis, then then you're obviously looking at a much bigger margin of error uh, um, deficit in the division rankings. I think I think these next five games do matter. I don't think it's just a dice roll, like you said. I think they they matter in the sense that the front office needs to see how they can kind of finish finish this run finish getting themselves re- really back into the the playoff hunt where if they fall flat on their face in St. Louis lose that first one in Cincinnati then they might yeah they might end up being back where they started this you know before the all-star break in a in a position where um, they're they're quite far out of the out of first place in the division and all that time they've spent making up that ground had they just lost it again like i think yeah. i think these five games are important as far as they need to show the front office they can finish what they've kind of started over the last month and a half. I think the Dodgers gave the Cubs a blueprint for what they could do at this trade deadline. They send Syndergaard out, but they bring back a shortstop. So, you know, it's a player of name leaving and a player of name coming back. It doesn't mean... It doesn't mean... It's not a total sell-off if you trade Marcus Stroman, if you bring back the right guys. 
or make the right moves following that Stroman deal. Like, you could trade Stroman and still bring somebody back that helps fill the gap a little bit, and then you hope Wes Neski and some other guys. I will say this. As you head into the offseason, whenever this is all done, Shohei Otani is ask number one for me, and Cody Bellinger has become ask number two. Yeah. Like I've seen enough. I've seen enough now of Cody Bellinger healthy that I say that guy is a fit for this franchise moving forward. It's still a gamble. It's still a gamble. But when you see him come up and have fun afterwards, he's hugging guys and he's hugging Nico and he's hitting home runs, and you can see that he's enjoying the energy that Chicago Cubs baseball can bring when it's winning baseball. Left-handed bat could play. Could be your first baseman if you don't believe in Mervis. Could be your center fielder if you want to move PCA to a different position or, or ease him in. I would love Bellinger at any price coming back to the Cubs in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, going back to like what to bring it back around what you were saying, Luke, like, you know, I said they needed to sweep the White Sox after taking the three or four against St. Louis at home this past weekend for me to, you know, reel myself back in and so i i am once again reeled back in because that (laughs) happened at this point now it's like okay get to 500 they have a good chance to do that tonight with justin Steele on the mound in the cy young race has been really good bounce back in his last start after giving up six runs against the red sox um He has a good opportunity to help this team get back to 500. Last time this team was almost near 500, the Mancini air just ruined everything, and they lost six or seven or something like that and found ourselves six, seven games under 500 again. They can't can't let – if they they lose one game against St. Louis, they can't let that one game let everything fall apart, right? I think if they win three or four or even split this weekend, I think that they're safe – I think this, the roster is safe in terms of are they selling or buying. Um, but if, you know, if they lose a series or get swept, then, yeah, I think that things can revert back to selling more assets than you would like. Yeah. And I, I, I only say that I would think differently if Bellinger wasn't on, like, a, you know, basically a one-year deal and if Stroman wasn't going to be, you know, opt out. Uh, well, the way he's pitching his last six starts, I don't know if he will opt out now. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those, if those things weren't a thing, then I wouldn't even. We, I don't think any of us would be questioning if they're going to sell those guys or not. But that's the situation that the Cubs are in, and so, you know, I think they just have to. They have to at least split with St. Louis this weekend, and then I don't. I, I think if they do that, then I don't think they're selling Bellinger and Stroman both. I do think Stroman is still still on his going to be on his way out. Sure, the, the deal you could have got for him a month ago is not as good now, but I still think you can get a solid, uh, get some solid pieces for him. And again, I agree with what you're saying, Luke, about the Dodgers and Guardians yesterday. If they can get some guys that can, you know, at least play with the Cubs next year, not necessarily play this year, but at least be able to do that, I'll, I'll live with it. But I still think if they do that and also find a way to get a CJ Chrome from the Rockies or Candelario from the Nationals to help with the void at third base and first base. I think that for a season like this, when you're just trying to see if like you can get hot in the second half and and sneak in and, and see what happens like with everything that's supposed to be ascending next year, I think it's worth the risk. I think it's worth the gamble. It's not like the it's not like twenty twenty one where all these guys' contracts were up and they you know, your your farm system was a mess and all this. Like the Cubs farm system, the Fangraphs just after they did a re ranking after the MLB draft, they just ranked the Cubs farm system number three in all of baseball. Like this the the, the farm is in a lot better spot now. Like, th- there's no reason to me where they should be selling a bunch of assets on this team right now, uh, you know, for, you know, for the future or whatever. I, I think this is a year where it's okay to take that risk and see what happens down the road. You know I'm, I mean? I'm with you if they, again, take care of business. If they put themselves this last, the next five games in a position where they're, again, where they've lost all the ground that they've made up, then I disagree. Well, yeah, uh, but they, if but if they're in a position where like okay, if they can take three of four, maybe even two of two, or, uh, you know, split the series um, in St. Louis. But if they can take three of four, um, you know, they've they've 
Are you taking a picture? Yeah, right yeah it's going um, for Twitter. Uh, <laughs> if, if they take three or four, they put themselves in a position where on deadline day they are no worse than 500. Then, yeah, then I'm with you. I'm like, I, I think at that point they have completed that climb back to 500 that's taken them mm-hmm. going on three months. Uh, they've completed that climb. I don't think you can sell the front. The front office can't sell that to the fans as far as like ah, we're gonna wave the white flag. On that. Like that's plus that, with that, the marquee. you can't wave the white flag on that. With yeah. the marquee, you're talking about all like there's so many different things, mm-hmm. like the marquee, the DraftKings Sportsbook, just Wrigley Field in general, buying into the team, all that stuff. If they if they complete this climb to 500 and are at that spot or even better than that, come trade deadline day. I, I, if I'm the front office, I can't, I can't wave the white flag and sell. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I, I guess. But you, but you could, you could wave the light gray flag <laughs> and trade Stroman still. Yeah. You, you, I think there's, I think there's a way to thread, depending on how they want to approach it. They can potentially thread it. It's not going to be the easiest thing to do, and mm-hmm. it also depends what the return offers are going to be. Like I think if they're going to do that, they'd want someone that's able to help right now or close versus selling Sherman for a bunch of 18 year olds. Yeah. I, I doubt that that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so we'll see like if they, if that's the route they decide to go, that's going to be a, a, a tough needle to thread, which that, that's kind of the name of the game. It's always going to be a tough needle to thread, but it just, it depends what they do this weekend. I, it all rides on this weekend in St. Louis. If you told me Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez would get you the number two and number three prospects from the angels. One of them being, number 66 in all of baseball catcher well i can envision a package where marcus stroman and merriweather would get more than that i mean i I, I could so i'm just saying if you made that move i still don't think that's a total sell-off i still think you can compete for this division because of what could be coming back or additional smaller moves with guys that are um eligible that they might lose anyways maybe you take prospects that are our teams want to take a flyer on at the end of the season and you package some of those guys up and you get a player that helps fill that gap well there's also you know triple a type or triple right. a level guys nelson velasquez among them who's perfect just example kind of, just kind of blocked right like he's, yeah he he's not been obviously great in his big league time but he had that he had the, the moment of the season probably until yesterday the grand slam against seattle i want to say it was yeah um so that, that was still the moment of the season until probably yesterday um but he's just a guy that can't get that consistent playing time in the big leagues because he's not a true center fielder he just kind of blocked that at, at every position he could possibly be playing um and so that may be a guy that you package in a deal like that to, to sweeten what you're offering other teams that you know, maybe they could use a corner outfielder with some pop that they want to try out and see if he could be a part of their future. He's a, he was a, I think he was at least a top 15 prospect by the time he got called up, like maybe top 20 in the Cubs system, something like that, depending where you look. Um, so he was a decent prospect in the system. He had some good games, obviously had his struggles, but like maybe there's a team out there willing to give up something in a package that includes Nelson Velasquez, who is willing to, you know, yeah. give him a shot at the big leagues and see if he can be any part of like a, uh, a future, a future of their organization, a guy that may be able to contribute at the big league level. I th- I think the, you know, we keep bringing up moving Stroman is it's a lot easier of a pill to swallow, and the reason being is the Cubs they have pitching prospects that not only are the organization high on, but I think fans are high on too. I mean, a lot of us are still high on Hayden Wisniewski. He's been pitching well in Iowa of late his last three or four starts. And, you know, I know Ben Brown has had an up-and-down year this year, but he's in the top 100. And Jordan Wicks is your first-round pick from 2021. Unless you're trading him for something something big uh, to, you know, for multiple years of control or something like that, uh, you, the Cubs need to find out about these guys eventually, right? And Wesneski at least has major league experience. We've seen him be good at the major league level. We've seen him have his struggles, just like any rookie. I just think that... It's an easier pill to swallow if you move Stroman. If you can get some solid guys that can com- contribute soon and then give Wesneski a real opportunity to be in the rotation for the rest of the year. Because, yeah, again, this – even if – sorry. No. Because, again, like this year, again, it was just all about like playing – for me, it was all about just playing games that mattered in September. And if, and if they get lightning in a bottle and they go to the postseason, great. That'll be awesome, and that'll be great experience for them and great momentum going into next year, no matter what happens there. But 
you, I just think that where their organization, they are organizationally, it makes a lot of sense to be able to just that to let see how that plays out. Well, the Stroman thing, especially with the way he has trended his last four to five starts, too. Like, it's easier, it's easier to swallow because he hasn't gone out and done five <laughs> shutout games in a row. If he had the best ERA in the National League still and he was, like, mm-hmm. looking unhittable, then you might say, well, how could we really say we're going to compete for the playoffs and trade that guy? But with the way he pitched last night, now I'm not saying there weren't some problems, but he, he also did get hit pretty hard yeah. and against a bad team. So maybe his value has dropped a little bit it's just easier to swallow if you see a guy that maybe isn't at what he the peak that he was at earlier in the season uh we have a special guest coming up we are at the uh ronald e stevens convention center for the national sports collectors convention by the way if you want to see where we're at and stop by and talk to us we're um just to the right of the autograph section yeah so the lines for the autograph people are in front of us uh we are right to the side of where Mike Schmidt, Cubs killer, is signing autographs in booth number 14. Johnny so, Manziel is all the way down there. The Johnny Manziel is Johnny here is in the building. signing Johnny, autographs. Johnny where, football is here. I saw Derek Where were you Jeter. when you are in the same building with Johnny yeah. Manziel? Derek Jeter was here earlier, too. Um, so we have a special guest coming up in the second segment. Uh, I see we do have a super chat. Trade Stroh show for Shohei is what Max is saying. Well, I yeah, sign me up for that, sure. Uh, oh, yeah, baby. Max Stefan, two bucks. Thank don't, you very much. Don't let me talk myself into it. I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> Cody, either way, Sunnyside uh, has something that will allow you to really enjoy the rest of your summer. I mean, the summer, whether you're here at the, this convention, Sunnyside would be a perfect combination with all of it. Let me tell you. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summers. A one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey, easy online ordering, and in-store pickup, great transparent loyalty program, uh, the Sunnyside Rewards. Illinois' favorite dispensary from city to the suburbs, from Champaign to South Beloit, Wrigleyville to River North. Uh, you know, what Chicago athlete made you guys feel good this week? Uh, Miles Masterboni, when he helped win it. <laughs> The swinging, <laughs> let me tell you, Miles Masterboni is he's made me feel good last week. He has, uh, you could say, you can look at it and say, well, sometimes a guy doesn't look like he's going to contribute. He contributed to a Cubs win, <laughs> a big one. Hell yeah. Uh, was Io Desunmu's extension this week? Yeah, I think so. It's still, still considered this week, then he made, yeah. made me feel good. Welcome back, Io. Uh, yeah, I'll say uh, Cody Bellinger because he won me over $100 last night. He won me who you got a few times last week, too. Thank he, you, Bellinger. He goes perfectly with this ad read, by the way. Uh, other, you know, some other, uh, you know, flavors. House of Brands, as uh, Sunnyside calls it. Uh, Mindy's the best tasting gummy with the and chocolate edibles created by James Beard Award winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Good news, which is uh, gummies, uh, rechargeable vape pen and cart, perfect for great moments with the crew and a whole lot more through August. Head to Sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 and check out for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers, guys. Anyone can use the code. All right, pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois, Illinois Med Card holder. We got 125 people watching live on a Thursday afternoon, uh, and the Cubs game's not till later today. So we appreciate everybody that's in the live chat. Best way to check out what we're doing here at CHGO. Uh, but before I get to Lewis, I want to tell you about Lewis University. Ryan, did Bellinger say what the heck was going on last night when he didn't throw to second base? Speaking he, of Sunnyside, yeah, we, we didn't <laughs> we, we didn't speak to him about that actually, right? Because um, it didn't become a big story at that did, point. It, but it, had they it lost, it would have been like, it what was that? And I, I was kind of thinking about that after we left. Like, I probably just still should have asked about that because that was a pretty like it was a big moment, big moment in so that game. Weird. After that point, had they not come back, it would have been even bigger. Yeah, I, I yeah, no, we didn't we didn't talk to him. But we definitely should have. Boy, he really, he dodged one on that. Uh, Lewis University, guys, they have students that are just like us. Full-time students, families, full-time sports fandoms. They go back to school to earn respected degrees at Lewis University. Just 35 miles southwest of Chicago and Romeoville, ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Their faculty has real-world experience, which is key. 
and they do instruction in the classroom, immediately relevant to your career. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or maybe enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis might be the right place for you. In fact, I think they are. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. I'll, I'll highlight one for you real quick. They have a program in cybersecurity, one of the biggest things going on around our planet today. Lewis is a Department of Homeland Security Center of Academic Excellence when it comes to cybersecurity, providing students with scholarship funding not available elsewhere. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you find a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. The CHGO Cubs podcast live on the road at the National Sports Collectors Convention in Rosemont. We're at the Ronald E. Stevens Convention Center. I'm just going to tell you this place is packed. Now, the National Convention is like, yeah, it's usually like every, (laughs) it comes here like every couple years. Now, they they could vote on it tonight and it might be back here again next year. If you're a sports fan... There's something for everybody here. I don't. I don't know what would be the one thing that I would. If I had unlimited money, I don't. My guess is something from Michael Jordan or Walter Payton would be my choice, just because Walter's gone, and Michael's the greatest athlete of all time. So that would be my choice. But there are a lot of Cubs fans and a lot of cool Cubs stuff here. Bo, who lives in Madison, Wisconsin, is one of them, and he joins us on the CHGO Cubs podcast. Bo has what we like to call, you remember the Shawnometer sign? Yeah. Bo has a sign like that. And he's trying to, how many Cubs baseball cards are you trying to reach, Bo? One million. Just one. any baseball card. Not not one million Ryan Sandberg rookie cards. <laughs> Correct. Because yeah, that would million, be worth something. One million yeah. uh, Cubs baseball cards. Yeah, Sarah, um, Do we, we have I, the sign? I sent you the picture with the sign, yeah. It has actually been updated since that picture was taken, though. Where are we at right now? 949-2-something. 949,200-something. So a little over 50,000 away. Yeah. That's such a hard number to, like, keep track of. Like, imagine if you lost count. (laughs) Well, I got a question. You got the sign. (laughs) How many have you gained since Cubs convention? If you lose count, but, like, don't update it or something. Yeah, that's right. Probably 50,000. I don't don't think I was at 900,000. In January, so you're making progress. Making progress, and I have another thirty thousand ish from dealers that are here at the show that brought some. So should go home. Could hit it this week. Oh wow! But uh, may fall a few thousand short. I kind of want to fall short. I'm enjoying the ride. (laughs) It's fun. Well, then you go for two mil. My wife won't. She won't go for that. <laughs> one, million, one million was the that's, end goal. Yeah, that's the, point. that's do, the end. Do that's, they do they do this convention every year here at Rosemont? No, that's they, what I was saying. Like it, it's usually every other year oh, that it's here. Yeah. It is, yeah. but they vote tonight to decide where next year's will be. So they actually every every collector that has a setup here can vote tonight where they want it to be. That do they want it to be in Atlanta next year? Do they want it to be? I think Vegas or somewhere might be Atlantic City is the other one. Or do they want it to be here? They have three choices okay. they can vote to. Uh, so I it could just, be back next year. Someone wasn't listening. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, I was that just, happens to I me was, all the time. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, it, how often are you traveling around to these types of events? Because obviously this is a major passion for you. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't travel too often. I'll come down to the Chicago Sports Spectacular that's twice a year. Um, I run a card show in Madison, Wisconsin, the Madison Card Show there every month um i'll do a show in rockford um i did dry, i did uh, fly out to dallas in may and did a collecticon uh not much sports there but i did find some stuff down there uh nice. so how, how do you find them here do you just walk up to somebody that's selling baseball cards and be like do you have your cubs all pulled aside somewhere <laughs> and, and and then the follow-up is what do you think when if you when you get to a million what will it be worth? What what's the value of the million? Is it there's got there has to be a financial value to a million. Some of those cards are worth something. Some of them are not. Absolutely, it's to me priceless. Yeah, okay, that's the right answer. Priceless. To many, worthless. Okay, <laughs> your your White Sox buddies probably yeah. think it's worthless. But uh, when I walk around the show floor, I'm looking for a lot. So, kind of my strategy is digging through a bargain box, say a dollar box. I'm looking for cards that I can flip 
for like five bucks, ten bucks. Maybe find a gem, twenty dollar card at a dollar box, uh-huh. and then also find some Cubs cards that I think I don't have. I may have them. So then those flips kind of pay for the Cubs cards that I pull out. So that's kind okay. of the strategy. But I also buy old stuff. I'll buy pre-war, early 1900s, mm-hmm. tobacco cards, 1800s. So I'll look for some of that rare stuff. I don't really have a goal this week as far as my Cubs collection. It's just get as many as I can for sure. a decent price. What's the most valuable card you have that's a Cubs card? And what's the least valuable, and why is it Jonathan VR? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have no, a Jonathan that was, VR that wasn't card? fair. That I wasn't have, fair. I have many Jonathan VR cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. They're, they're Luke, toward Luke it's, it's a joke. I don't yeah. mean any. <laughs> yeah, you do. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I have a couple 1887s. 1887 wow. Allen and Ginter, Old Judge. Um, I have a bunch of Joe Tinker tobacco cards, T206, Cracker Jack. Wow. Um, and those are worth? Uh, some are worth in excess of 1000 okay. Most of them are in the in the hundreds. That's okay. cool. Um, you know, a lot of modern stuff. Uh, some of the modern stuff that, you know, when we were here two years ago or four years ago was a little more valuable. Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. I'm finding those in 25 and 50 cent boxes today. Um, so I have some of that, you know, some of that stuff, but it's fallen in value over the last couple of years. How did this start? Like, what did you just open a pack of cards and you were like, you know what? I want to get a million of these. Like, how did you get on this journey? It did kind of start like that back when I was six, seven years old. Uh, my first cards that I remember, well, my first Cubs cards that I remember was, I don't know if some of you guys might I think you guys are probably old enough to remember back in the I 80s, couponing, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, mom no, was couponing. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we're old enough to remember. <laughs> yeah. So mom was couponing, and I think it was like one of the cereal companies. You send in so many UPC codes, yeah. and this kids back in the day, you send, <laughs> you send in these coupon codes, and then six to eight weeks later, they send you whatever the prize. Yeah, yeah. The prize. yeah and a so, set of plates. Right, yeah. <laughs> Okay. And so they had uh, whatever company it was yeah. send in these UPC codes. You get a top set. This is 1989. Uh, of course, the boys of Zimmer. I'm seven years old, loving uh, the 1989 Cubs. And I get that tops team set. I had to wait eight weeks. It came in the mailbox. I loved it. And that is what started my, you know, just insanity for Cubs baseball cards. What Very are my cool. what are my I just found cleaning out my parents' basement. I just found all of my Ryan Sandberg rookie cards. What are they worth? Anything? Oh yeah, they're probably 10, 15 bucks depending on condition. <laughs> yeah, but I I was going to retire on those. That was the original plan was. <laughs> yeah. When I was collecting them as a kid, I thought these are going to be worth yeah. millions someday. In, in 1990, I thought I was going to retire on my Earl Cunningham and Ty Griffin collection. <laughs> but yeah. it, it didn't work out. Didn't work out. So Barb Barb is angry thinking that we don't read the chat anymore. Oh, she wants Barb. to know, do you have the Hannes Wagner cigarette card? No. <laughs> I wish. I, he I, be I, here I think if he we did. all wish that we had the Hannes I'd have Wagner. I'd have a security guard standing behind <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so he asked about the the most valuable card. Is it what's your favorite card? Do, are they one and the same? Do you have a specific card that may not be as valuable, but that you treasure the most? I do, and I just mentioned the name Earl Cunningham, 1989 first round draft pick. I grew up in uh, about two hours, two and a half hours from Chicago, Anawan, Illinois, tiny town. Um, Kiwani was our big city. Had stoplights and a you know McDonald's there. And uh, they had a Knights of Columbus. This is back in 1990 when card shows were king everywhere, kind of like, well, now. And Earl Cunningham played for the Peoria Chiefs, mm-hmm. minor league affiliate to the Cubs. And so he was signing at a card show, like $2 autographs or whatever it was. At a 1990 score, Earl Cunningham, and he signed it in blue sharpie. And it looked sharp. I was so proud of that. My very first autograph that my parents let me, and you'll remember the old, big old bulky, Entertainment centers that you yeah. put those huge 19-inch TVs in mm-hmm. in these you know cheap wood entertainment centers. Got to put it on top. Wow! Like next to my dad's car sh- car without the D car show trophies. There's Earl Cunningham. Got like humid, and I tried to pull it out. Got a little moisture in there. Destroyed it. Oh. Earl Cunningham is like a recluse, and he doesn't sign. In fact, he didn't. He did an interview a few years ago. I was shocked. So I've never been able to find an Earl Cunningham score autograph, and especially in Blue Sharpie. Uh, I looked for about 15 years, 
And then a couple years ago, I had some 90 tops that people would send me like, hey, I've had this for 25 years. Somebody reached out to me on Twitter and they said, is this what you're looking for? On eBay, Earl Cunningham, 1990 score in blue Sharpie, like 20 bucks. He had three of them. So I sent him an offer, 10 bucks, accepted. So now, finally, we've been reunited. Wow, that's a good story. Bo, I hate to tell you that's a fake. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite part of the journey? Just meeting people. Yeah. And that's meeting us specifically. Exactly. (laughs) Meeting you guys specifically. Um, I think that's been just meeting people and just the conversations you get to have. Because I'm just a big nerd, and everybody, I. Anybody watching knows that. Um, but I just, you know, I'm so passionate about, you know, the Cubs and the baseball cards and together. Uh, and I get to share that love with other people that love baseball cards, love the Cubs. And so I've met so many, you know, people, friends, uh, developed great relationships along the way. So that's, cool. that's way better than the cards. Yeah. Even better. Joe from Obvious Shirts got your own shirt. Man. I did. I got, he, he's got custom. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the custom ones. Yeah, huh? I like that. Yeah, I like okay. that. We got to get you a CHGO shirt because a, a sidebar to this story is that, you know, you've been, people have been trying to book you onto their podcast for a long time, including our buddy Crawley, who we just scooped again, Crawley. So <laughs> suck on that, pal. I, I, I texted him. Crawley. I texted him. I'm sorry. I'm s- Crawley, I'm sorry. Crawley, you've been one upped again, baby. <laughs> it's, we're kidding, obviously. Yeah, we're just joking. So, how. <laughs> I, I did ask you this off the air, but I would like other people to hear this. How, what percentage of all Cubs players, going back to what is what, 1876 or whatever, whenever that year was, what percentage of those players' cards do you think you have, and how tough was that to get? Oh, man, probably around 90%. Um, you know, I would be missing a lot of the 1800, you know, 1876 on to the early 1900s. A lot of a lot, a lot of those guys don't have cards, especially in the early 1900s. Um, they had strip cards, which are, you know, um, this is a family show. Uh, <laughs> kind of hard to come by, but some of the the lesser name guys that you know, Tinker Evers, Chance, we all know, um, and they have a lot of cards. But there's some other guys that you know it's hard to get. But I'd probably say 85, 90 percent of the the roster is uh, is in my collection. It's pretty cool. cool. Well, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Uh, we got to get you on another podcast because we have so many well, more questions. Well, Maybe well, in the off season, right? Well, let's leave you with one question: Should the Cubs buy or sell? Buy. Yeah. Because because a week ago I probably would have said soft sell. Okay. Belly Stroh, but now I mean, a couple wins against the Sox. They're going to sweep the Cardinals this week. He's, op- um, he's optimistic. I like it. So I like that, I, I I like think that mentality. Not an all-in, but a soft buy. A yeah. soft buy. Keep belly, because we get some. We get something in return if yeah. yeah you get the comp pick. There's a comp pick. So there's if some, you're unable to resign. Yeah, no. Stro. There's not. There's not something like that attached. But uh, uh, a soft buy. Get some. Get some bullpen help. Okay. Maybe a first baseman. That was my prediction coming into the second half. Our, our second half preview show, I said soft buy. So my bold prediction was Justin Steele wins the Cy Young, and that that could still happen. We'll still still happen. That's on my pinned tweet. I said top oh, three. I didn't go that tweet. bold. I said top three in Cy Young. Now the pinned tweet should be, I was on the CHGO Cubs podcast. <laughs> yes. He's going to tweet that right after the show and then pin it right to his, his uh-huh. page. Th- and Absolutely. then, thanks for nothing, Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll talk to you again soon, hopefully uh, in the offseason. We appreciate it. And, Ryan, uh, tell us about Shady Rays because I was thinking maybe we can get Bo a pair of Shady Rays for coming on the show. Well, also want, I also want Bo to update us if you reach a million. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We oh, absolutely. We want to no, we, we we break the news. Actually, so, what I would like we'll to see. We'll break it yourself. When really. you get, you, you got to get video when it happens. Yeah. When, when you get within, like, five, now each one you buy has to be a Twitter video. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. But, yeah, so, Bo, if you don't know about Shady Rays, Shady Rays is mm. one of our best friends. Love them. got these great sunglasses mm. right here. Super clean. I'll put them on just so we can see. Uh, but take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's what you get with Shady Rays. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed 
by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays of confidence because they have your bag long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, I was going to talk to our guys at Shady Rays about getting uh, Shady Rays readers if they could start distributing those. Uh, but I, we should have told Bo this, and we'll have to reach out to him on Twitter, uh, about the CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill. You know, you want to play a little golf coming up on August 25th. First of all, we have the takeover at Wrigley. Still tickets available. That's coming up. You can get those at allchgo.com. But on the 25th of August is the kickoff classic at Cog Hill. You get 18 holes with a cart exclusive CHGO and Pins and Aces polo for all players. We'll have whole contests, giveaway, prizes, lunch, drinks, a ceremony after the round, and a diehard discount, of course. Podcasts and live shows every team, every day. we got post-game shows, premium written content from Ryan at allchgo.com. And right now, we have a summertime sale going on at the CHGO Locker, up to 50% off selected items through the end of the month. I'm excited about the golf hunting. Uh, Ryan, I asked Cody, and he said he might try and do a cart because he doesn't golf a lot. I'm terrible. I, I will definitely shoot well over 100 at Coghill. I haven't golfed in like four years, but I'm still going to tee it up. Mm. Do you think you're going to do it? Uh, I've golfed one time in my life. That's right. I, I made one really good putt, and I think that's where I'm going to retire. So that's where I, you're going to leave I might it. join Cody on you the You might cart. do the cart. I might join him on the cart. You might be the, you might be the cart girls going around yeah, serving I, drinks. I wouldn't mind that. If I can go and just drink and have fun, like that's fine with me. Yeah. Maybe, well, I, maybe I think I'll Or, you know, obviously me and Ryan don't play. Like, if if we do best ball, pair us up with some people who are good, let us swing it. have to worry about and it. And then when they hit one better, we'll be like, oh, yeah. Here's, right. Right here's what I haven't decided for the event. So I've decided I'm going to do a foursome for this, okay? I can't decide if I'm going to try and do a celebrity foursome to play with me would that be more fun or i might just have buddies of mine come so we can have a good time so i can't decide which way i'm going to go but if i want to be competitive and serious then i might go the celebrity route and find guys that i know are really good at golf that play professional sports Mm. and then if i do that then you guys can come and heckle all the other golfers right because that's a part of golf (laughs) that i think is missing yeah get in their head miss it noonan just like beep there's like yes the horn uh, on the car yeah, so that we have a better okay. chance of winning right. whatever the prize I need might to know be. who what athletes you're going to be bringing that I, way i don't overreact whenever i see them show up and i'm like oh you're here uh <laughs> they would right now the three that i'm thinking of would all be big enough names that you'd be you'd be geeked out okay okay but i don't i don't know that I, i'm not leaning towards that route because all three of these guys would be hardcore into playing and i'm horrible so they wouldn't be thrilled with me for dragging my ball all over the course while they want to wait for their next shot you could do like you could do your buddies and celebrities at the same time just get cap and and chuck and maybe someone else oh boy and under the course well i know cap wouldn't care if i hit the ball all over the golf course (laughs) um all right so five games to go for the cubs we're wrapping up the show here in a second in fact we're a little bit over but thanks to everybody that's joined us on the show a lot of interesting names i've seen in the chat people saying dj Hers, the Rule 5 guy, maybe that's one of the players um, that ends up being shipped out. Yeah. Even though they ha- they like him, maybe that's the type of guy that makes you a smaller move, but a move that can make you better for next season. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Jed Hoyer, this is a really important yep. this time is... for his career as yeah, Cubs general manager. This is a very important time for this team as far as what – what the hell they're going to do the last yeah. two months of this right. year? Like, this is as big as it gets right the now. The last two years, you looked at like the you looked at the twenty one deadline, and you look at last year's deadline. And I guess going into him, I wouldn't say that you could sit there and criticize him for 
you know, those moves being good or bad or if it was the right direction. Maybe the 21 deadline, you can argue in some aspect. I don't think many fans would do it now in hindsight, obviously, because all three of those guys, including Kimbrell, uh, didn't haven't done much since they left. But I think this is a deadline that could, uh, you know, in the moment at least define him in, in some aspect uh, as the general man or not the German, the vice president of baseball operations for the Cubs. Like we've been waiting for like the, you know, just something out of the box from him. They've sold the last two deadlines. And when you're selling, you can get assets back, look at prospect rankings, whatever, and think, all right, well, that looks, that seems like a good haul. We'll see. We can criticize it. See if we can criticize it in three or four years. I think this deadline could be one where we're thinking something in the moment, like, was this good or bad or whatever and, and if and we'll see if in hindsight if we like it or not in two months you know so i that's kind of the difference to me at least comparably to the last two deadlines of you know just full-on selling you know they didn't trade Happ or Contreras, but they still sold off like the entire bullpen last year so all right, so tell us we got to wrap up here at the convention center. By the way, the line for Mike Schmidt, pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Long. I Good think that's Daryl Strawberry, two down from there. Looks like it. I think this is Daryl Strawberry. Interesting. Sox Good legend Jeff Blum. I see him. Yeah, yeah I'm going to skip that line. <laughs> uh, Bob Love, though. I see Bob Love. Yeah, oh, Bob. I want to say uh, before we head out, too, yes. we have a new shirt that you oh, guys yeah. should go to allthejoe.com. I can't believe we didn't even say Sweet emotion. Sweet emotion. If you're a Christopher Morell fan, you got to get that shirt. Pick it up. Didn't he bring the sweet emotion last night pumping up the crowd? That was like the spark. That's the spark we talked about when he was struggling. Like, that's what the Cubs need is a player like that. Yes. When times are tough, that's the guy you need. Once again, CHO Cubs saving the season. We drop a Christopher Morell shirt. And, you know. That's right. Hashtag vibe with us. Yes. We saved the season. Sorry. Thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs podcast. The CHGO Crosstown Classic coverage is presented by Hooters. Hooters, your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to the plate for their world. Famous wings. Can't beat them. Delicious seafood. Stacked. Mm. sandwiches, salads, great drink specials, and more at Hooters. It's always easy to pick a winner. 11 Chicagoland locations. Visit OriginalHooters.com for more info. And while you're there, make sure you fly the W. See you tonight for post game after the game, live post game show right here.